What's up, food history nerds? I'm Celine Roberts, and you're listening to 5 Minutes in Food History. This week is all about Amari. Alyssa McGrath, the wine and beverage director at Casbah, sat down with me to talk over a glass of the bitter Italian digestive. Just a little note, during the conversation, McGrath mentions the concept of terroir, a term often used in wine culture that describes the grape-growing region's environmental factors. Things like soil composition, latitude, elevation, contour, sun exposure, and climate. Now that you've got the facts, I'll let Alyssa take it away. I'm Alyssa McGrath. I work at Casbah Mediterranean Kitchen and Wine Bar. I'm the wine and beverage director. We're here to talk about Amari today, which I'm going to have you give us a on-the-fly definition of. Okay, so Amari is traditionally an Italian thing. Uh, It is Amaro is the singular, Amari the plural. Amaro means bitter and it is intended to finish a meal in Italian culture. So each of the 20 regions of Italy produce Amari in their own way. Each producer has their own recipe, but the one tie that binds with all of them is that they all have a bitter element. So you said that it was traditionally supposed to end your meal to, yes. s- to settle your stomach. Mm-hmm. We've all had that moment where we've eaten way too much and maybe something a little bit bitter instead of sweet might settle things a little bit. But I also know that it is an herbal concoction. Is there any sort of rhyme or reason to what producers are using? Yes, um, regionally I find first and foremost the producers are using what is sort of at hand, um, what emphasizes the terroir of that specific region. So for example, Braulio, which is in Beltalina, is using a lot of alpine plants, herbs, flowers, that sort of thing to get the essence of you know the alpine climate. Um, comparatively to Averna, which is in Sicily, you get those sort of, you know, the essence of like the warmer climate, herbs and flowers and roots and things like that. Um, you always have a bitter element, but some of them are really nice and light and sweet and floral, and some of them are quite medicinal. I think it's stylistic and it's also a regional classification. People who produce Amari are notoriously jealous over their recipes, much like Benedictine. Nobody knows the recipe. (laughs) Or chartreuse. Or chartreuse, yeah. (laughs) Protected closely. Do you think that that aids in the incredible diversity of what we see on shelves? Uh, They are quite protective of their specific recipes, and there is quite a bit of diversity. I'm sure that has something to do with it. There's a lot of history that goes into the production of a lot of of different Amari that you see, and there's about 25 to 30 readily available for us here in Pennsylvania, so I think that's pretty wonderful um, to kind of work your way through the differences, but yes, they are quite diverse. Can you give me two examples of Amari that you think would be far away from each other? Absolutely. And tell me a little about them. Sure, yeah. Um, So stylistically, uh, I think the most popular but the most aggressive is probably Fernet. Fernet is the style and the producer that we're very familiar with is Branca from Milan. Um, So Fernet Branca has been being produced since the 1800s and it's, you know, for someone who's never had Amari before, 
it is it's medicinal it doesn't have a lot of residual sugar it's quite you know heavy on the mint and the eucalyptus and the medicinal herbs um, and it is quite bitter on the finish without the sweetness to sort of make it a little more palatable until you know you're acquired to that taste um, comparatively there's some really nice light floral options Maletti and Nonino are two that come to mind. A um, little bit of sweet, a little bit of bitter, really nice and light and floral, light in color, but you know, those are definitely uh, a little more palatable, a little more feminine, if you will. I would say those are probably the two most contrasting styles. Given that you probably have your own favorites, is there one that you might recommend that has a particularly interesting history or just a particularly fantastic flavor? Yeah, there's one from the Marque, it's called Amaro Sabilia, and uh, it's a little more of an acquired taste, like, and not so much as for Nat Branca, but um, it is really very interesting. It's one of the more two-dimensional things I've tasted in my life, in that I mean that um, it is made with the local honey uh, near the Sibelia Mountains, and uh, it's really nice and light and sweet and floral and then literally kind of smacks you in the face with bitter. And the, uh, the bitter element of it is actually that a lot of the herbs are, are cooked over a fire for a bit of time, so you get that kind of burnt bitter quality at the end, which I just love. Um, it's really very interesting. I mean, they're just, they're meant to be sipped and enjoyed and, you know, for you to feel a little bit less full at the end of your meal encouraging you to try them broadly. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for coming and talking to me about Amari and letting me have a taste of it as well. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully we can catch back up with you in the future for another uh, installment of Booze History. I would love that. For five more minutes in food history, visit www.pghcitypaper.com. Go to our archives to hear about coffee, communal ovens, and tiki cocktails. And until next time, explore some food history of your own. <laughs>